I'm Carol Joyside, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. Today on episode 141, we are going to be replaying one of our greatest podcasts that was so heavily listened to called Outside Play for Indoor Kids. It was an interview with my sweet and amazing assistant, Rachel and her husband, Jesse, as they talked about how they navigate the world we live in to keep their children outdoors, healthy, and happy. So please listen to this again or listen to it for the first time. I think it will really give you some tools that you can use. Well, this morning, I am sitting across from my computer as I'm Zooming with my assistant, Rachel, and her sweet husband, Jesse Winchester. Hello, you guys. Welcome. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Bright and early. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your family, Jesse, and, and about your lives. What do you guys do? Yeah, so we live in upstate South Carolina. Uh, it's Rachel and myself, and then our three beautiful children, um, Benji, Lucy, and Caroline. Uh, they are five three and she's how many months nine nine months nine <laughs> months now so um i'm a real estate agent so uh and i work all across the upstate of south carolina and uh, rachel is home with our kids and carol keeps her busy as well so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> she's home eating bonbons and working for me and taking care of three children Right. <laughs> That's a walk in the park, really. Yeah. yeah. Spa days every day. <laughs> exactly. So today I wanted to interview you all because I think you really model something that I'm pretty passionate about. And that is how to make our children comfortable in nature and the outdoors and what that looks like. So Rachel, talk a little bit about how, um, you know, you've implemented that vision with your kids? Yeah, I think when our son was a baby, it just began by morning walks because I wanted to get out of the house. I wanted to move. And so we'd just go on a walk around the neighborhood um, and he'd be in the stroller, you know, pushing and everything. And then as he got older, then it would kind of evolve into him actually doing more things, you know, cause when the first kind of six to eight months of a baby's life is pretty inside, I mean, yes. so then, but then once they start to crawl, they want to go outside, you know, that's what our baby right now wants to do. When we open the door, she gets so excited to go outside. And when we, my parents have a lake house and when we walk down to the lake, she starts kicking her feet as she sees the water. You know, they have this natural desire, I think, to be outside and to explore and crawl around and, you know, find the mulch, find the sticks to chew on. <laughs> Just dig around. Yes. And so, yeah, so it kind of began as just getting outside, having this practice of getting outside every day, and then, you know, went further, you know, okay, now we're in the sandbox, or now we're, um, you know, crawling around, you have to really let them get dirty. <laughs> yes, yes. 
And what about germs? And what about laundry? And what about, you know, danger? Like, how, how do you face those issues that some moms particularly are very, very concerned about? Jesse, you want to answer that question? <laughs> You're smiling, a big smile. Uh, <laughs> we, well, our, <laughs> I was just thinking our, our children's clothes are like 99.5% hand-me-downs because of that. You know, we don't ever really pay full price for clothing <laughs> because they just get ruined, um, you know, in five minutes. So especially when they're crawling, it's like those clothes are goners, you know, so <laughs> um yeah, germs. I mean, we, I think, tend toward a terrain theory approach to life. So, you know, it's like we don't necessarily worry as much about germs and things because, you know, dirt is good for you. So, <laughs> dirt is marvelous for you, actually. And the research is that kids who are kept too clean uh, wind up having asthma and other issues mm -hmm. that kids who've been rolling around in the dirt. Now, I don't mean city dirt. You know, it's not like you go into a subway station, let your yeah. kids go on. Right. right. Yeah. But, but dirt, real dirt, I mean, earth, right, mm -hmm. is a healing, amazing thing for kids, for their nervous systems, for their mm -hmm. digestion, for their immune systems. It's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can, I just have all these like pictures of, I mean, when Benji was, a baby and he was just crawling he hadn't started walking yet but we had put in a little garden yes. so I would be out there weeding and he would just be crawling across the yard and you know I mean when you're crawling across the yard you're very close to the ground <laughs> so you're just getting all that stuff right up in your face and everything and I remember like planting a tree or something and he was just right there in the he's covered in red clay because yeah. that's what we have around here <laughs> and he's just all orange you know and he's covered in it and so that's just kind of the whole atmosphere of like how we live you know they just are right there in it with us yes um and and we've become more outdoors as we you know, raise them to be outdoors, then our own interests have kind of increased at the same time of, mm. you know, we have a yard and so we keep the yard and we have a garden and keep the garden and weed and pick the vegetables. And, you know, we have chickens now too. So that <laughs> gives us something yeah. to do outside. Yeah, talk about that. Talk about chickens. That's a marvelous thing to have. Yeah, yeah, children are obsessed with them you know <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if they've ever seen one or not they want to run straight to them so yeah if you yeah. if you want to get your kids outside get a couple of chickens because um, <laughs> they'll you know you don't want the chickens inside so that brings that takes the that takes the kids out yeah so <laughs> yeah we had we had some folks at our house recently who they had never really seen chickens before and they you know their um, their kids ran straight down there and just were fascinated with the whole the whole setup so <laughs> are the chickens safe from your children you know I mean that's a question <laughs> I'm they, not worried about the children being safe they, right? they would love them to death if we let them you know so they I think they are learning their boundaries so <laughs> yeah 
Now you have created a little building for your chickens, right? Do they go in at night or how do you do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a coop and a run where they're enclosed pretty much unless we let them out. So um, pretty good setup. Yeah, they go in on their own at night and come out on their own in the morning. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we go and take them the scraps from the kitchen and then we gather the eggs and the kids are all a part of it. Actually, we um, there was a snake in the coop Ooh. last week or something mm-hmm. and Benji was helping me get the eggs and we have some that like to lay in the corner <laughs> where they're not supposed to, but we have to go into the coop and get them. And so he was unlocking it and going in to get it and he saw a snake. And thankfully, Jesse gives him like, they he's you know gives safety talks about snakes <laughs> and so he's just I mean Benji was so shocked he just backed out of there fast and you know my dad and Jesse were thankfully here because uh, it was like middle of the morning you know so it could have very well just been me <laughs> we would have lost a lot of eggs <laughs> um but yeah Kill chickens. What? What is? What was the snake after? The eggs or the, the eggs? Yeah. yeah, and the egg in its mouth. So we got a you know snake anatomy lesson and all that. We've talked about relocating snakes, and <laughs> good snakes versus bad snakes, and yeah, it was just a big black snake. Yeah. But we don't kill the good ones, you know. So. <laughs> okay, yep. and you knew enough to know what kind of a snake that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? This is all so there's there's obviously dangers of you know being outside and you know so you want to kind of give them an awareness of that of like there are snakes out there they can bite you you know r- flee flee the scene when you see one <laughs> temptation yeah yes we'll see and i i remember when we lived in nashville a huge snake wrapped itself around the back door of the house and JJ was just a toddler and I just completely freaked out because I didn't know enough about it, you know? And I think it's important to be able to identify snakes when you live in a place where there are snakes and most places have snakes. So you really need to be knowledgeable. Is this, like you said, Jesse, is this a good snake or a bad snake? So how did you know that? Uh, Just, (laughs) just, I don't know. I mean, I've seen, good i've seen the good kind and bad bad kind in my life and we have we have a picture to like a printout um and i think the american boys handbook um what is it what's it called yeah, yeah american boys it. handbook yeah. it has pictures in there of the different kinds of snakes and the shapes of their heads and you know for, so what's venomous and what's not so i didn't even know that i love that book one more reason to love it right no. <laughs> Good, because I need to get that out and say, hmm, yeah, this is so good. I mean, this is growing up with nature. These things are just innately known. But if you've been living in a suburban, you know, castle all your lives, you don't have life experience with a snake. You don't have life experience with anything, you know, really outdoors unless you work harder at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Jesse definitely has a lot of childhood experience with all of those things and so you know was taught to identify snakes and trees and everything so he was kind of given that knowledge and is able to yeah I was never inside as a child I think that's the best thing my best gift my parents ever gave me was a 
push out the door, you know, <laughs> every day. I was, I was a terror as a child, especially if I was inside, you know, it just. Most kids are. Most yeah. Are. Yeah. Then when you're outside and the trees are above you, the sky is above you, the sun is above you, everything is taller than you you feel really small, you know, you kind of get put in your place a little bit. So <laughs> that was good for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So how have you intentionally made your children outdoor children? We, we do things together outside. So landscaping, yard work, um, that's all pretty minimal, but then like outside projects, playing outside, you know, bicycles, like encouraging outside play, you know. Family walks. Yeah, we set up a, last year, a couple of years ago, we set up a mud kitchen outside. So they Tell can, me about you know, that. So there's two, it's, it's like so simple if you saw it <laughs> and it's, it's always a mess, but it's so much fun for them. There's two stumps with an old tabletop on top of it. Okay. And we've collected from thrift stores and things like little pots and pans and um, oh. you know, muffin, muffin tins that yeah. we porched muffins in, you know, then that goes outside. So, you know, um, all that, it just, and then they play out there for hours, okay. going to get dirt from one part of the yard to bring it over to the other and filling up a water bucket yeah. to make mud and, you know, baking their pies and their cakes. And they'll come tell me, you know, I made you some meatloaf dad <laughs> you know and so they play out there I mean 90% of their time outside is spent at that really simple and really cheap like nearly free setup so we've had sandboxes and water tables and things like that you know all the expensive things that you can get to go outside <laughs> but they don't really play with them you know <laughs> they play with them for a little while and they get bored so that's like totally open-ended for them yeah. and they oh. they can just play out there for hours and hours so and you don't mind them digging up your yard or you know see talk about that you know but we have a gardener and we have an hsa what is it called not hoa whatever it is yeah hoa and you know people are thinking all these things it's like well our house looks like you know a golf course outside it's like perfect like how does this work in a suburban i mean you guys live in a suburban area yeah yeah thankfully yeah. we don't have an hoa okay Oh, we still um, want our neighbors to not yeah. feel like we're polluting the neighborhood. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. next door. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't want to be the messy neighbor, and we're not by any means. But you know, it. And we do have like it's a routine, you know, to clean up the yard. We blow off the driveway. We we clean up after ourselves out there, just like we do inside. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you if you have the pristine manicured yard and you know just the the fortress of a you know setup outside I think you're you're probably going to be frustrated a lot you know or your kids are just going to be stifled yes. where you know so I think I had to break up with that mindset you know because I, I definitely wanted to be the you know have the best yard in town you know when we <laughs> first were having kids and then I was I was like yeah this it's not worth it you know to chase them around you know fuss in because they've dug a hole 
Exactly. You know, so. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, have you kind of given them um, a section of your yard that can, yeah, talk about that, right? Right. Kind of creating zones of like yeah. their their mud kitchen is in a particular place and it's kind of tucked to the side, anyway. so it's not like that's happening in the middle of the yard, right. you know. Not in your front yard where all the neighbors. Right. Have to yeah. I mean, right now Benji has. We have a gravel section and he has, he's like digging a road. And so it is a rather disaster right now, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love it. I'm but sorry. he's so proud of it, you know, so. Yeah. yeah, he should be proud of it. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. I mean, I always say to people, tell, send your children outside to dig a hole and fill it back in. And mm -hmm. that they're probably thinking, dig a hole in my manicured yard, you know? So yeah. is there an area that can be the kids' war zone. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'm, I'm a real believer in that our front yards lead, need to look fabulous. Mm -hmm. yeah. But our backyards, like every man to himself kind of thing, you know, when you have small children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have some friends who their backyard, she like used cinder blocks and created this big bordered area. Yes. She made a big sand area. And so it wasn't just a little rinky dink you know, sandbox, or then they're trying to get out of it. It was big enough where they could have their big trucks and yeah. dig and all this stuff. And so um, I really think that's helpful, making sure it's on a scale that they feel like they've got enough room to do some things and multiple children yes. do some things. Yes. Because if it's too small, then they just get trapped and then they start looking outside of it and everything. On Sunday afternoon, February 5th, I will be in Loma Linda, California, teaching my basic seminar called A Literature-Based Approach to Education. And I have exciting news for you. My son, JJ, will be joining me to co-teach with me that day. In this seminar, we will teach you everything you need to know to keep homeschooling simple. Recently, someone said this, quote, Carol's seminars have been a breath of fresh air. They are realistic for the 21st century mom to implement. I'm no longer carrying a burden that's impossible to bear. I'm focusing on where each of my children are and creating a thriving family rhythm and culture. Join JJ and me and other like-minded families in Southern California to learn how to simplify homeschooling Focus on what matters most and how to give your children a world-class education. Attendees will receive 11 pages of book lists, have access to a seminar-exclusive book sale, and have an opportunity to submit questions for the panel discussion at the end of the day. You don't want to miss it. And don't forget, dads and teens Come with moms at no extra charge. Click the link in the show notes to learn more and register today. Now back to the show. What about like climbing apparatus or structures or what, what are some great ways to simply, you know, get, because people say to me, we, we tell our kids to go outside and play and, and I'm like, oh, lock the door and wave at them through the window. And they're like, yeah, but they stand at the door and cry. Yeah. Well, 
well, there's probably just grass out there with nothing to do. Right. So what, what are some things that kids can, you know, build on to be creative in, out in the outdoors? Yeah. I think when it, there's kind of this training. So I was usually with the children outside during these kind of training times of when they're really little, it's you're training them to not just put everything in their mouth. You know, you can chew on a stick maybe, but don't chew on the rocks or something like that. And then you can play in the yard, but don't go in the road. And you have to really, I mean, it was very focused effort to, okay, go outside. And then I'd be kind of watching them because I knew they were going to be tempted by the road. And then I'd have to, you know, make sure they didn't do that. And consequence if you step in the road because this is dangerous you know Um, but then once but then you go through that and then they understand that boundary and then it's kind of the next thing okay okay you don't go in the basement like (laughs) you can play in the backyard but don't go in the basement and we're gonna reinforce that but because I think they need to know their boundaries and everything but also some of the training has been me being outside with them especially when they were younger was okay, I'm in a, I think in the Waldorf, they call it um, like kind of holding the space or something. Holding the space? Yeah. Yeah, explain. The caregiver is present to just kind of hold the space with the child. I don't know, kind of be an anchor maybe is what it means. And so, you know, when Benji was little, it kind of helps with subsequent kids because the other children become that anchor for them. Whereas with the first child, you know, I was the anchor for him. So I would go out, you know, let's go play in the sandbox. I didn't play with him in the sandbox, but I would sit there and I'd read and he'd play in the sandbox or, okay, let's go outside and work in the yard. And I have a specific task that I am working on and he's just around. And then I'm keeping tabs on, are you going in the road? Are you, you know, just helping that's when you're, doing the like training and stuff but it helps to you know do I want to go out in the yard if it's not very interesting for me as an adult to go outside and do anything in the yard then you know if I go out in the yard in the middle of the day is there shade or is it all just in direct sunlight and I'm sweltering and so I don't want to go outside you know (laughs) is it is it interesting for you as an adult because if it's not even interesting as an adult then it's definitely not going to be interesting as a child. And then they don't have just, they need parts to manipulate, you know, even as simple as dirt, water, bucket, you know. And shade. So did you, right. you create shade and how do you do it? We've been blessed with yards that have at least some shade. Okay. But yeah. I mean, plant some trees, you know. Well, yeah, but trees take a while to give you shade. It can take five years. And so, you know, a lot of families do have, you know, they move into a new house. There are no trees. Yeah. So there's no shade. And what are their children going to do out there? And right. And they tell me that they, they, I hear this (laughs) when I'm consulting with families. These are the things I'm hearing. So go ahead. There's a good book called, I think it's called nature home at play or nature play at home. Okay. And um, (coughs) she gives all kinds of ideas. I mean, she she kind of is giving a like philosophy for it, but then also gives tons of ideas. 
and really building play into the landscape is also her kind of thing. And so, I mean, it, it kind of works for you that children are not very tall, you know, especially little children. So even a small tree or a hedge or something like that gives them something to kind of hide behind or some grasses that grow really big pretty quickly or plant some sunflowers and you know yes so let's talk about some books so Sharon Lovejoy's books Roots Shoots Buckets and Boots and she has one called Sunflower Houses um, but Sharon Lovejoy really explains how to kind of create things in the garden and in the yard that really excite children like planting sunflower seeds in a big square mm -hmm. and then planting morning glories that climb up the sunflower seeds and then laying sticks across the top of the sunflower seeds that the morning glories climb across and create a roof so she's like remember to not plant a complete square leave a door so you can get into that house <laughs> right but she just really understands how to make our yards more interesting and really magical for children. Also, Daniel Beard wrote a book on shelters. Do you remember the name of that book? Um, it's called Shelters, Shacks, and Shanties. The, the Classic Guide to Building Wilderness Shelters by DC Beard or Daniel Beard. And he just teaches kids how to build things from a teepee to a treetop house, to a log cabin, to a sod house. And um, it's just amazing the things he teaches kids to make. Uh, Navajo, Hogan's, a pole house, beaver mat huts, half cave shelters, birch bark, birch bark shacks. So anyway, it's called Shelters, Shacks, and Shanties. So giving kids, and these are great like scrap lumber projects with dad or grandpa or um, big brothers, creating a place for the children to play, just like you've made the mud kitchen. Yeah. They need some of these places and then their imagination just takes off and you can just go take a nap. But getting them started on, on this blank yard with kind of brown looking grass and nothing else who would want to go out there especially in the heat of the day Benji Benji really likes to build yes um and I think all boys do you know if they yeah foster that in boys especially um but the his building site ended up in our driveway <laughs> all the time yeah. that was where he was doing it and everything so there were nails and screws and everything in our driveway so we had to park like at the road basically <laughs> um so we we problem solved and moved his he calls it his job site yeah. uh, we have some neighbors across the street who are contractors so they always go to their job site so he goes to his job site you know um but we moved it back to the back corner of our backyard yeah. moved all his stuff and then every piece of scrap lumber every screw he can find every nail every rusty hammer you know just anything that he he's got a box out there that he keeps his tools in um that's that's his job site you know so that's a designated area where he i mean we don't waste any scrap lumber especially these days as expensive as it is exactly. he, he gets to take it and go build with it so that is so great. I am loving this idea. I'm picturing a place behind my garage where my grandchildren could set up shop and nobody would care. 
-hmm. And yeah, just finding a little place that's just theirs and they can leave it set up and leave it messy mm -hmm. and nobody cares instead of, you know, obviously we want to be respectful of our neighbors, but mm -hmm. our children are our primary concern and giving them the freedom. And as Dr. Moore used to say, buy your children tools, not toys and watch them have fun. Mm -hmm. And just simple things like a rope hanging from a tree or making like a rope swing. There's a dad, a homeschool dad that I was reading about um, during COVID, he built a swing. I think he's in South Carolina now that I think about it. And um, he built this really, really nice swing for his kids. And it was such a hit that he started selling them nationally. It was in Southern Living, actually. That's where it was. Yeah. And they have, yeah, they're precious Christian homeschool family. And this is just his little side hustle. But he's doing these beautiful swings and he's using lovely wood and he's, you know, he's bringing it to a whole nother level, making kind of an heirloom swing, which was great. But any dad could make a rope swing or a tire swing. Um, we're making, sometimes we make things too hard and too expensive. And um, some places won't even let you climb the trees, you know, so Richard Louvre, who wrote uh, Last Child in the Woods, talks about living in San Diego in a you know, suburban area where you're, the children are not even allowed to climb the trees where yeah. they live. So how do you, you know, if you have trees, how do you get kids up in them? How can you make them more accessible to kids? Don't trim the limbs off there at the bottom. <clears throat> Leave yeah. them. Um, don't manicure them too much. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, or tie a rope to a limb and let them, you know, kind of belay themselves up the tree. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, these things are so simple, but sometimes we're paralyzed living in the suburbs and we just are like, yeah, let's just go to the park and play on the swing set, which lasts about 10 minutes. I mean, swing sets are better, but you know, like jungle gyms can be so boring after a certain period of time, like city parks. Richard Love talks about that, that that is not what children are looking for. They're looking for wilderness. They're looking for jungle. They're looking for shade and, and nothing manicured. And so when JJ was little, we lived at the beach. And we had a little park um, down at the beach there in Huntington Beach. And he and his friends, a, a lot, we had a darling park with sand under everything. It was really great. But they would play on that stuff for about 10 minutes and then they would disappear and they'd be on the edges of the park where there were bushes and trees and scope for imagination, as Anne would say. And that's where they wanted to play and what they wanted to do. So any advice to young families as we close? What, what would you say? They're just starting out and they're like, oh, what, what would you say? I think just even just coming up with one way that you can together start to spend some time outside, even if it's going to a place, a, a park or a preserve, you know, choosing a place that it's more trails and like what you're talking about, wilderness or, you know, conserved land or something. Um, and, you know, just in spending time together outside of just, this is something we all enjoy. We love to get outside. I mean, it will make a difference in your own <laughs> life because I'll be all worked up and stomach in a knot and we'll go on our adventure and you know 
be just in the woods and the waterfalls and you know I'm like oh I don't feel all tight and worked up or anything we're just relaxed and together and stuff and so I think that helps to just start to cultivate that enjoyment of nature together and that adults and children both do this you know and normalize that for the family yes Yes. Jesse, what would you say to the dads? I mean, I love the idea of that we do nature as a family. Like, so do you plan activities like on a weekend or in the evening, you know, where you go somewhere else besides just your yard? Yeah, I was just thinking about families that might live on, you know, a postage stamp sized, you know, plot of land. Um, I mean, I definitely sell those houses all the time and it's, you know, but there's, there's a, there's a park near you, you know, somewhere, you know, within a driving distance, there's, there's a park or there's a, um, a nature trail or something like that. If you don't have any of that near you, make friends with someone with land, <laughs> you know, near you. <clears throat> um, I think for us and, you know, I guess to the dads, just be, be aware of your family's rhythms and just normalize going outside normalize outside turn off the tv you know um put that away put the games away you know and go out the door and let that be the saturday morning activity you know not cartoons you know <laughs> just yes. take, you take know, it out that's yeah. really good that you said that jesse excuse me for interrupting you but a lot of times when i'm consulting with dads they say to me well carol i'm gone you know 12 hours a day living in california commuting doing whatever how i feel like my wife is doing everything and i just don't feel like i have a place to contribute and i always ask them the same thing so are you off one day a week like saturday or is there a predictable day and they're like yeah I'm like well could you be the nature dad could you just pack your kids up and throw in some almonds and raisins and water and drive off into the sunset and take your kids for hours to just what you're describing, you know, hiking, climbing, nature preserve, and leave your wife home to read Jane Austen in the hammock and have silence for four hours, you know, a week. Mm -hmm. And then the wife always says, no, I want to come. I'm like, okay, great. You come too. But I just feel like if daddy owns this, what a gift that is to the whole family that you set the pace and you, you plan it and initiate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, would you pray for these families? Which one of you, you why don't you both pray? Rachel, you start, <laughs> you, you dial and Jess, you'll hang up is what we say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Father, we thank you for your creation and just the beauty of it and the splendor of it and how it speaks to us of your character and your goodness and your strength. And we just pray for the families who are listening to this and just that children and adults alike would just be drawn to outside and that they would see your creation and just be drawn to you and live in communion with you and that you would just help them to be creative and think of ways that they can get outside and um, play together, explore together, um, cultivate the earth, and just really be passionate about those things. Yes. 
Father we, <clears throat> Father, we thank you for our greatest blessings, our children. Thank you for um, the opportunity that we all have to uh, raise the next generation. And Father, we thank you specifically today for our hands and our feet and our eyes and our lungs and all the things that we use um, in our bodies to to work your creation and work the land and to play and to um, just spend time together outside in your in your beauty. Um, we thank you for um, the opportunity we have today to talk about this and pray for families who hear it that um, everyone will be inspired together uh, to get outside uh, to go out and to celebrate everything that you have given us um, in your in your world and it's in jesus name that we pray amen amen well thank you rachel and jesse and thanks for listening this week on the homeschool made simple podcast if you liked what you heard in this episode i'd appreciate a rating and a review on itunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would help too Visit my website, caroljoyside.com to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.